0: Hello, how are you doing? I have a really short creative check-in this week because it's simple and it's something that has been coming through in almost every interview I do, and I listen to lots of podcasts and I meet lots of successful people through my job at Girl Boss Radio and Goop and all the other shows I produce. And the resounding thing between every single successful person, it's not necessarily talent. It's not necessarily intelligence. The thing that strings every single person who's successful, who's done something cool that we might all want to do is persistence, patience, and most importantly, they just went for it. Even if they were scared, they went for it and they believed that they had the potential to do what they wanted to do. And there's a lot of people that I know I look at and I'm like, oh God, I wish I could just do what they're doing. But the only thing standing between me and them is that they went for it. The only thing standing between you and somebody else you're looking up to is that they went for it. So if there's something in your heart that you're yearning for, set your sights on it, practice, get really good at what you do and start. And then once you start, be persistent, be persistent, never... I don't even like never give up. I, I think that that's actually negative because you're reading the word give up all the time. I like always keep going because it, you're reading positive, positive, positive. But yeah, that's a creative check-in this week. It's just go for it. And, and this was brought on by me listening to a podcast, but really it's been brought on by every single person I've talked to, by every single successful person I've ever met. They started. So if you're waiting to start something, don't. Start it now. All right, now let's get to the guest. Ian Maction is a celebrity makeup artist and hairstylist, photographer, and advertising and branding expert, best known for working with celebs and brands like Michael Costello, Jessica Lowne, Sarah Jones, BB, and many more. Ian's journey started in the Philippines and quickly moved to the Bay Area when he was around one year old. Growing up, he encountered a tough dichotomy. On the one hand, he was surrounded by the creative passions of his family, mainly those of his sister and his mother. They loved to dance and do makeup and hair, but on the other hand, he was strictly bound by the confines of his culture and Catholicism. In his heart, he knew from a young age he wanted to be a hairstylist, makeup artist, and performer. But on the outside, he forced himself to fit into the strict confines of what it meant to be a quote, good boy within his family. On top of that, he was questioning his sexuality and scared to even admit it to himself. As so many of us do in order to fit into what we think is a safe life, he went away from his passion and went after what he thought was a more practical career of advertising. While it had its creative moments, it wasn't his dream. He stayed on the path for a while, but finally something snapped inside of him and set him on his way. And I'm proud to say that after 34 years of trying to fit into a mold that was made for someone else, our boy Ian finally stepped into his truth and is now a full-time celebrity hairstylist and makeup artist.
1: I'm gonna be me and unapologetically so. And it took me 34 years to get to this point. Trust me, like if you asked 30-year-old Ian, I'd be like, No, I think I was like, I've made every excuse in the world not to do what I wanted to do. Whether it be money, whether it be what other people might think about me, I just stopped living that. And I don't know. I honestly, it was like a switch happened.
0: I wanted to have him on because his story involves a lot of self-discovery, learning self-love, his coming out as both a gay man and as a creative, finding a way to fit into his family while being himself and cutting people out that don't serve him and then attracting those that do. And maybe what's most striking about his story is that within months of deciding to finally pursue his passion, he was making a full-time living from it. From our conversation, you'll learn the magic that happens when you declare what you want, how to release shame, overcome cultural boundaries inhibiting your creativity, use complementary skills to achieve your creative goal, cultivate self-love, and tips for working with big personalities. Oh, and one more thing. You'll notice that the interview picks up kind of abruptly. Usually at the beginning of an interview, I get the mic rolling just so we can test levels and make sure the recording device is working, et cetera. <laughs> but this time, our beginning test chatter was great and really set the tone for the interview. So I left it in. I just wanted to make sure I told you what was going on. So you weren't like, um, this was a little abrupt, Lauren. You unleashed your inner creative too much, which I'm sure you wouldn't think. But now I'm over explaining. So, anyway, without further ado, here's Ian Maction. The people who I think make it are just the ones who are most frequently oh, yeah. who don't. But, even but care. I, I was just thinking that the other day. I have like kept myself from putting my music out as much as I should because I'm so hypercritical of everything right. mm-hmm. and I'm such a perfectionist, but yeah. these people who just like continually put out content are the ones that are making it.
1: Totally. I mean, yeah. I'm the same way. Like, I see makeup artists and hairstylists who work with the best of the best and I'm like, are you kidding me? They're not even that
0: good. But they're audacious. Yeah. I went to this event and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to tell everyone I'm going to be super aud- audacious yeah. and be like, To everyone I meet, if I think they're cool, do you want to come on my podcast? If anyone's in music, I'm like, I'm gonna send you my music. Please get it on your playlist. And I did it, and people were oddly receptive.
1: That's the way to do it, you know.
0: But I've been so bashful these past few years. What's your
1: ethnicity?
0: Italian. Ah, so you're Catholic. Catholic. Mm,
1: That's it. (laughs) It's the (laughs) God. Like I'm telling you right now, I'm the same way, and I struggle with the same things because I feel like I shouldn't be too overbearing with who I am, right? Because I don't know. I just like. Ever since I was a little kid, it's like, you know, you got to be humble and you got to be all this – and as an adult, I feel like I've carried that on with me, and it's the struggle is real. And it's I such try, a burden. It's such a burden.
0: Yeah, I already feel such a kinship with you because <laughs> I feel like we came from similar situations. Yeah. yeah, Catholic. Catholic. <laughs> it bonds us for life. It, it also really fucks us up for life. But hey, oh my god,
1: that's the bond. The <laughs> that fucked is. upness. You're like,
0: oh my god, are we going to be okay?
1: <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry, but I get it. Yeah, okay. I
0: I love parts of Catholicism. I love. Do the, you?
1: Like, yeah, like, what like parts. I'm so I, curious. I love I
0: love that it's more of a, what's the word? Community? Not community. Okay. <laughs> I'm
1: like, mm. i <laughs> like like waiting for there's, it. There's
0: like a structure to it. Okay. I love like a mass because right. it, it's not all over the place. We keep it down to an hour. Most religions really struggle with that. True. Like we know how to get in and get out. Appreciate that. Oh,
1: yeah. If you are willing to have your, I'm, I'm sleeping the whole time. Just FYI. <laughs> it's an hour of it me It depends like, on
0: the priest. Some priests right. are very inspirational. True. Many are right. not. Mm-hmm. But I also love the prayers and I love the saints. We okay. have all those extra helpers. We it's do. It's really. There's really so nice. Many. Plus it's one of the few religions that actually has a woman at the forefront. Okay. Mary? Yeah, yeah.
1: Who? What's her name? Mother Mary, you <laughs> Mother might have heard Mary. of her. Mother Teresa?
0: Great little gal. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I mean, Virgin Mary, listen, oh my god. There's a lot of sexism, a lot of homophobia, oh a lot stupid. of issues going yeah. on within the church, mm-hmm. but I do appreciate that Mary's up there holding yeah. it down for the girls. <laughs>
1: I love it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I like to start at the beginning. Sure. When you trace the lines of your life, okay. when was the first time you really realized you were creative?
1: Are you kidding me? From like day one. So I grew up with, my mom was a dancer. My sister was like, a, she's like the most creative person I'll ever meet, you'll ever meet in your life. She was a um, singer. She danced. She drew. She was like, um, wrote a lot of. Poetry and stuff. So I kind of grew up around this like creative world. My mom was a hairstylist. Mm. We didn't come to America until I was what? I was one, and my sister was fourteen. My sister's fourteen years older than wow. me. Um, but when we came here, I feel like she kind of lost her creativity because the the struggle of like trying to make it in America was like at the forefront she had two sister
0: or your mom my mom your mom okay
1: yeah so my mom was creative she was like she was a teacher but she was like always drawing and always dancing and always part of some organization right always grew up with this like creative like free spirit kind of thing except for we were very structured because we were catholic right so it's like yeah you could be creative but go to church and like pay your bills and do all the do all the things
0: so when was the first time you realized you were creative there like a moment that you look back on you're like i was kind of different
1: well, in a good way. You know what's so funny is uh, now that you think of it, I just thought about this the other day. Like in kindergarten, my kindergarten teacher was like, Can you do something? It was like show and tell or whatever. And I decided that I was going to do the splits and like do a dance. <laughs> my mom, when she finally got to, uh, Figure, like, you know, got she, she went when she came to America. She took on every job, she had like four jobs. She was working at the post office, she was working at this clothes time little store. She did everything mm-hmm. she could to just like feed us. We were living in my uncle's garage. It was four of us, me, my mom, my sister, and my brother. We had two twin beds that were like glued together Mm. and we just, we, we made it happen. When we finally like saved up enough money to like get our first house and things were starting to get stable. That's when my mom was like, okay, what is it that I really want to do? So she, when I was like 12, went back to cosmetology school and I grew up around all these like heads with the hair and like curling irons and hairspray and like makeup and then she graduated and she wanted to uh, she actually got her own salon it was doing really well in Fremont and so I grew up around all the hair stylists and all the makeup artists and doing all the weddings and the photo shoots and so that's kind of where my influence of like the beauty and fashion and stuff kind of came from the moment that I think that I knew it was for me was when I'd like I would spend hours on end just like playing with hair and like my my cousins were in pageants at the time, and I always wanted to do their hair and they make it, they look so good. Uh, I was like, oh my God. They're like, wow, you look amazing. I mean, like, yeah, that was me. But like, I used to tell them not to tell anybody that I did it because being Catholic and Filipino, it's so, it's like, it's it's fun when it's somebody else's kid and it's like, they're all flamboyant and doing all the things. But when it's like your kid and when it's, you're the one being talked about, it's like, nobody, I I just didn't want to, ruffle any feathers and I just kind of wanted to coast. You know what I mean? I was already so different in that, like, I loved to dance and I loved to sing. And, you know, I was like, <laughs> I was 12 walking around in biker shorts and like, <laughs> yeah, so I just, I was always different and I always wanted to just kind of float and like fit in. And then when high school happened, like I really, that's when it really, I was like, okay, I'm so different, but how do I fit in? Right. I had a girlfriend at the time for four years and wow. Yeah. And like every morning I would, you know, I was driving. When I was sixteen, I started like picking her up and stuff. But I would go to her house and I would do her hair and her makeup before we went to school. And I...
0: did she love it? She
1: called. Duh. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's funny when you're young like that, you don't really realize that.
0: Did you? Were you in touch with the fact that you were gay at that point?
1: I was, but I didn't want to be. I was so I pushed it so far in me. The first time I I dealt with like actually feeling feelings for another man, it was um his name was Ryan. And we had just graduated high school and he was going to the same gym that I was going to. And I was in gym. I, we was we were taking a box, like a kickboxing class at 24-Hour Fitness. And after class one day, he was like, Hey, like you used to go to school with me. Let's you wanna hang out? And I'm like, sure, absolutely. So, and at this time, I was still dating girls. And I I was just like, oh, that's really interesting. Like, he wants to hang out with me. Cool. I don't really have that many guy friends. So, why not? So one day after we work out, he's like, let's go to the marina. And the marina is like where you go to like smoke pot or like make out and do all the things. And I'm just like, sure, whatever. I'm like 20 at this point. And we're at the marina and he's like, do you want to play truth or dare? And I was like, oh God, where are we going? What's happening? Someone help me. But he dared me to kiss him. And I was like, oh, that's, I felt so weird about it. I felt like, what the am I doing? Right. But. I ended up kissing him and that's when it like everything, like just like a, I just felt something come over me that I was like, oh my God, I, this feels so good. I mean, I've been, you know, I've been with my girlfriend for four years at this point or well, we broke up, but I, I was with the girlfriend again. F- off again yeah. yeah. And then like, this is my first like experience with a guy and it felt so right. And that's when I knew, oh shoot, I have to deal with this. And even at that point, I wasn't even ready to tell myself I was gay. But after that, I actually, like, I really just pulled away from myself. It was just really hard. I couldn't even say it. I remember the first time I even came out. I came out to my closest girlfriends. And I was so stressed out. I was like, you guys, I have something to tell you. And they're all just waiting there. They're just like, okay, mm mm-hmm, yeah. What? what?" And I was like, I am I think, like, uh, so I think I'm, like, bi or I think I'm gay. And they're like, oh, well, welcome to your party. Like, yeah, where you where have you been all your life? And I'm like, oh, shut up you You guys all knew.
0: Why didn't you tell me? <laughs> I know why
1: didn't Why didn't somebody tell me?
0: That? I feel like that too. Like, there's so many things in life beyond even just being gay. Like, and that's a big thing because that's a huge part of your identity that we repress. Yeah, and that other people saw. Mm-hmm. And I do wonder, like, why didn't somebody clue me into this part of myself that obviously I've disassociated right. from, but I need to be one with in order to be myself.
1: Oh, totally. Girl, tell me about it, right? But it's kind of like when you know your friend is dating the wrong guy. You can't you, say it. You can't tell them, yeah, "Hey, that right. guy's a douchebag." You know, like you're like, mm, "Okay, well, I don't know if he. I like that about him." You know, you give them the the clues, but then you have to let them figure it out, right? On their own.
0: So I know when you eventually did come to terms with everything, mm-hmm. you came out to your family.
1: Well, so so after I came out with my closest girlfriends, who like took me in, they're like, "It's." A, I was crying. It was mm-hmm. a big ordeal, and they were literally like calm down. It's fine. We love you. Then my sister, we were, I had moved to San Francisco for college and I was working at Bloomingdale's and I had my sister come in cause it was like friends and family. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, sis! like, let me just hook you up. And then so afterwards we we have lunch and she's like, so how are you liking living in San Francisco? Are you dating any girls? And I was like, yeah. Uh, how about that? Like there was just a truth sir. I just like had to tell her for some reason. I just couldn't lie anymore. So I said, actually there's a sky that I'm seeing. And then like, you could just see her face. It was like disappointment. I felt very, she just didn't know how to handle it. And I think it's because, because my sister is pretty much, she's 14 years older than me. So she's like a second mom to me. And, Though I've been flamboyant all my life, I think they've made reasons as to why I was so girly. Like, oh, Ian just likes to dance and like whatever. He's but I never felt like she didn't love me. I just felt like she was concerned about my future. And because of my mom at the salon would have like older gay gentlemen who were hairstylists and stuff, right. and and they were gay and they were Filipino, and the, her only knowledge of gay Filipino older people are these guys who are like in their late 40s still dating, still looking, still at the bars looking for, you know, love. love. Exactly. So when I told my sister, she didn't talk to me for a little bit. And that's okay. It takes some time. And like, I'm going to let it marinate. When I finally came out to my mom, she had just left for the Philippines. Um, She went to go visit. She was there for a month. And then there was this big welcome back party. And I, of course, was the one who was delegated to pick her up from the airport. And I go to pick her up and I like, I, you know, I hug her. I miss her. It's been a month. And we're in the car and she's like, Ian, I found this lovely Filipino nurse for you. And I'm like, oh, gosh, mom. Um, but at this point, I just told my sister and I just like needed to, for myself, come out to her. So I said, mom, like, I think I'm gay. And she looked at me and it was like the most, I knew that she would still loved me because she, she did. Like at, She was just, cons- again, like my sister was just concerned for my future. And what she said was, are you sure that's the future that you want? I couldn't even answer her because I didn't even know what she meant at the time, but On her way home, because I knew she was, like, so upset. I was like, let's go to Starbucks and, like, sit down. Like, you need some sugar. (laughs) Sugar-free sugar, sugar, because she was diabetic. (laughs) So we, like, sat down, we talked about it. And she just talked about, like, how she was like, I want you to have what your siblings have. Which is to get married and to have somebody there for them and to have children. And, you know, she just wanted that like picket the white picket fence life for me and I always wanted it too. um and so her concern for me was just that like I had that same opportunity that my my siblings had and yeah I mean I always said yeah mom don't worry about I'm gonna be that gay guy that has like the kids and stuff and here I am 34 still single
0: as Fudge I think that's pretty normal in LA though. I think that has less to do with the fact that you're gay and more to do with we're living in a really transient place and it's hard to really put your roots down until you feel like you've accomplished a kind of success, quote unquote, whatever that means to you that you want. But I think there's a lot to break down from that story. First of all, I'm wondering where are you at now with your family?
1: I really wanted to go to cosmetology school, like be my mom pretty much, right? And and they never said no but they never said yes cuz I, I was as i said like i talked to you earlier i was like trying to be like the singer and like super creative and blah blah But blah. Oh, we'll so, get to that don't we? <laughs> okay <laughs> well so that I, th- I already thought that that was like too much for them and and then when my cuz my mom my dad left my mom Mm-hmm. And so I felt like I needed to do something to help out. And the only thing I could think of was like go back to school for something and like really like pitch in, help out. So after I came out, I was just like, my, my dad left. And at this point, my mom was like, we were going to lose the house. And I was like, so I went back to school. And, but I really did it for them, honestly. You know what I mean? Like I really just wanted to go to cosmetology school and do hair and makeup and do the whole thing. But they, I think that they, I just knew that one, it would eyebrows would be raised, like all oh, my aunts and my uncles would be like, oh, because I wasn't out to the rest of the family. Nobody else knew. It was like very, it was like like my cousins that knew me the best and my, sis, my siblings and my mom. And that was it. Not even my dad, because uh, my dad would go crazy. So Went to school for advertising and got a job uh, at an advertising agency based in New York called Jaywalk. And I just felt like I was doing the right things, right? And then uh, my mom passed away five years ago. And so sorry. it's okay. Honestly, like the best guardian angel ever.
0: They can work sometimes more efficiently from the other side than they oh, can from here.
1: She has been like the best. I think like when she passed away, I finally was like, all right, mom, you're going to see it all, girl. <laughs> like, um, What's
0: your advice for those who have dealt with a really significant loss, like the loss of a parent or a sibling or a best friend? And how how can you keep the relationship with them alive once they've passed on?
1: Well, with me and my mom, it's always around. When she passed, there was this like ray of light that hit my face. And every time I feel that... I feel my mom around and it really like it's it's one of those signs to me that I'm like in the right direction. So when I whenever I feel lost, I'm usually like praying and I'm like what am I supposed to do? And then like the next moment I'm, I'll be outside and that ray will hit me and I'm like okay, breathe, we got this. She's around. She's watching over me. I think the relationship, I have a constant relationship. I especially a much better relationship with my mom now than ever. I'm like, I'm way more open with her. I'm like talking to her about dudes. I'm like, mom, <laughs> you approve of this one? <laughs>
0: if not, give me a sign. Yeah, like, I always ask like, <laughs> please drop it in front of my face because I don't get subtlety.
1: <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Just slap me in the face with it. But no, I mean, I talk to her on a nightly basis. She's kind of become my church because mm. I stopped going to church. I just had this conversation with my sister. She's like, you need church in your life. I'm like, Oh God. I was like, I have God. Like I do believe in a higher power. I just don't necessarily think it's going to be in the same shape that you like, worship him you know right I mean? and
0: the thing is everybody's spirituality is personal right i think we've made these cookie cutter religions which work great for some people but some people need a mix yeah i like going to the catholic church when i feel called to go there or right. sometimes i like staying at home and doing meditations and like saying my prayers and talking to my grandparents yeah. and sometimes i just like need to go outside and like play my guitar yeah you know these are all different expressions of god totally and not one si- one size fits all is not how it really works no. so i I think that's beautiful. You yeah. found your own thing that works for you, the way you feel most connected to God, mm-hmm. and that's what you do.
1: Totally. So that's my relationship with my mom. Whenever I'm like feeling low or sad or lost or whatever, I I honestly have a con- like it's a conversation wherever, honestly, in the bathroom, when I'm sleep, like before I go to bed, when I'm stressed out, I just like have to take a moment. And I'm like, what am I doing here, mom? Like, is this like I I put it out there, and like the answer comes to me. Wow. I feel I feel like pushed in a direction or like you know naturally you know what I mean Right My mom was like my shield with my family like she was the my mom my mom was like yeah my my son's like a art director and like she was just like always my biggest number one fan and always wanted me to do as well as my cousins and wanted me to have that same spotlight do So you think that
0: comparison hindered you at all oh. though
1: God, are you kidding me? So
0: how did it hinder you and what would be your advice to someone else in a similar situation?
1: I think that I let it hinder me for way too long. So an uncle of mine who I haven't seen in, I don't even know, like six years or whatever, goes onto my Facebook page and he's like, I hope you find God. And I'm like, excuse me? Basically tearing me down for being gay. And then I have all these friends... Come to my rescue, right? They're like, "Who is this asshole?" Like he said something along the lines of, "Like, oh, all of you guys must have issues finding out what bathroom to go to." Like Ian and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like this guy is crazy. I haven't talked to you in years. Um, and then I couldn't, and it's
0: so misinformed oh, too. It's he kept like, calling people. You don't even understand what being gay means. No, he
1: kept he kept calling people like transsexual and trans. Oh I was like, "Are you?" So I finally. After like a string of replies and responses and interaction, I finally like said something, and I was just, I I gave it to him. I said something about like go to hell and all this shit, like whatever. And his son is gay also, and com- he completely shunned him. Shunned him. So he was maybe I don't know taking out the stress of it on me. But after that, that
0: maybe was, he's gay.
1: Oh. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised, but that would be such a great story. I mean, that
0: usually happens. People who have the biggest problems with something, it's usually because there's a piece of them that you're either reflecting that they don't like or something that they wish they had. Yeah.
1: yeah. When that happened, I got a phone call from my sister and she was like, you should take that down. I was like, I'm not taking, like, I don't want to be scared of being able to fight for what I believe is right. And then it dawned on me. I was like, wow, I've spent 34 years just trying to cruise. You know what I mean? Just trying to do all the right things and like be PG13 with everybody. And like I'm at a point in my life where I just kind of want to do what I do and live my best, be my best self. So literally, like a few days later, I decide that I'm gonna part ways with the job that I was working for. And I was like, I'm going to do this makeup thing. Best decision I've ever made. And look, it has its own struggles, but that was like the best thing that I could How have long ever ago done. was this? A year ago.
0: And you're already July. this successful. Well, okay, you. so I'm, I have a few things to ask you, yeah. this. Mm-hmm. I think so many of us, like we were talking about earlier, repress parts of ourselves. Yeah. Like for me personally... I feel like a very sexual person and because I grew up Italian Catholic and my mom told me, keep it light. Literally, just like, keep it light. Just a peck on the lips. That's all you can do. Um, And like told me to be a virgin till marriage my whole life. Like I feel so much shame in talking about these topics that I find like really fun and really important to talk about. Let's go there. But I can't because I still feel like the shame and like I don't want to bring shame upon my family and I don't want to feel guilty or feel like a bad girl. Right. Yeah. Like how do we get over shame? Because I think that's one of the things in life that holds us back the most.
1: That comment that my uncle had left on my Facebook page for everybody to see, that completely turned my life around. I was like, excuse my French, but fuck this. I was like, I don't ever want to live my life for anybody ever again. And ever since then, I just do everything for me. If I doesn't feel right for myself, I won't do it. But if it does feel right, like I guess it took me 34 years to really be that confident, right? Where well, How just, did
0: you do it? Like how did you physically make the shift? Was it literally just seeing that comment? Yeah.
1: Wow. And there's, so there's a part of me that I thrive on or I, like breakups are like the best thing for me because when people think that I can't do something, I'm like, go fuck yourself. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it really well. And after my uncle did that and I realized that, oh my God, I had been playing this like puppet game for 34 years. I was like, I have to make up that time. And I felt really disgusted in myself, to be honest. And when I do, when I feel gross about like a certain way that I've acted or a certain way that I've reacted to things, or in this case, 34 years of not doing of what not I want. not being yourself. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, Tomorrow I'm gonna be me and unapologetically so. I'm just gonna do what I wanna do. And it took me 34 years to get to this point. Trust me, like if you asked 30-year-old Ian, I'd be like, No, I think I was, like I've made every excuse in the world not to do what I wanted to do, whether it be money, whether it be what other people might think about me. I just stopped living that. And I don't know. I honestly, it was like a switch happened.
0: So maybe it's just something with age. And if you've gotten triggered enough that you're like, you know what? I'm going to set the whole thing on fire. I'm going toward myself. There's a lot of people listening to this right now who are living some version of a lie.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: So can you just explain to them the changes that happened in your life once oh you stepped God. into yourself?
1: Everything. Tell like, me what honestly. happened. So
0: you 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 quit the job instantly. Yeah,
1: instantly. You
0: quit the advertising job. Yep. And then what happened?
1: And then I just started manifesting what it was that I wanted to do and just kind of believe in what will happen. And it just started coming back to me. Like... I
0: <laughs> like your younger self started coming back oh, to you. Oh,
1: my younger self, I just felt like the most me I've ever felt in my entire life and confidently so. I was walking differently. I felt like just more empowered. I felt like I'm doing finally doing this for myself. When you are like vibrating in a way that is truest to yourself, I feel like that's the type of energy that you're attracting so i have friends that have been doing this makeup game for years right and literally three days after me deciding that i was going to do makeup i was like fortunate enough to have friends that like you work with michael costello and like just cool like Gigs that I wish that I've always wanted to do, and like here I am finally doing it.
0: But within a year of stepping into this, you're doing it, and that is truly amazing. I think sometimes not having an attachment to something. It makes all the difference. Like, of course, you really wanted it, but you'd waited so long to want it that you're just like, whatever, whatever happens, I'm happy. I'm just proud of myself for finally trying. Totally. And when you're in that state, Mm -hmm. when you're in that state where you're not attached, where you're not like, if I don't get this, I don't know what's going to happen to me, that's when the magic happens. Totally.
1: I just let go of caring too much. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, even now, when I have these big jobs that I like, want, so bad. If I don't get them, I'm so not hard on myself. I'm like, something else is going to come. And then guess what? I'll get like an email that's like, hey, do you want to do this show for CNN? I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? <laughs> cool. Uh, like things I just honestly too, l- losing my mom was like the hardest thing I've ever had to go through. And if you, when you go through something that hard, everything else seems easy. So if a job doesn't happen, I'm like, well, it's fine. Like, I'm still eating, right? <laughs> so that's great.
0: And you made it through one of the most horrific losses in human life, exactly losing a parent, you know, totally. and you're you're still alive. Yeah. And so, so, what could this possibly do to you?
1: Exactly. When my mom was passing, her whole thing was YOLO, right? It was it was the cutest thing, honestly. And she always, oh, so okay, I'm gonna cry, but she goes every time you're missing me, look up. So she, like, I know,
0: I got chills.
1: I, yeah. So she would literally tell all of us to look up. There are literally. Photos of me and my entire family just looking up. And so she had diabetes. And she ended up developing gangrene on her feet. So it wasn't like an immediate loss. It was like four months of hell. Going to the hospice every day. Being like, there's no hope here. But I'm going to try to keep your spirit up. Every Sunday. My mom is such a trooper. She's like, if every Sunday I'm still alive, we're going to throw a party. I'm like, what? So, girl, we were throwing like, parties every Sunday for almost four months just So your mom even
0: creatively dealt with her oh, own death.
1: Yeah, and let me tell you, every party had a theme. So it was a colored – it was, like, and how, like, perfect for my – it was, like, every color of the rainbow we themed every single party. It was, like, yellow and green and blue and It's purple. almost
0: like she was giving you her oh, blessing I with know. That. Do you feel like that? Oh, totally,
1: 100%. And what's crazy is the day before she passed away, literally – like hours before she passed away, we had one more party for her. It was the brown party because we were running out <laughs> of colors. We're like, "What color have we done? Brown?" I'm like, "Oh, okay, sure." So she she looks at me. I, I I actually get there early, and my mom's like, "Will you do my?" Like she, at this point, she like can barely talk, um, but she's like, "Will you do my hair and my makeup? Make me look pretty?" I'm like, "Absolutely." And this was like the hardest for some reason. The hardest time for me to do her hair and her makeup because i just felt because like you knew yeah i just felt like wow this is
0: the last time
1: mhm and uh yeah i did it and she felt so pretty i just seeing that little spark in her i was in my head i already knew like okay i do want to do this cuz this is what she was doing for other women you know what i mean and here is her son doing it for her right before she like ascends to heaven so That if that wasn't a sign, I don't know what was. I think that I was just it took me 34 years to finally let these signs hit me in the face. What
0: took you so much time after that moment of you doing your mom's makeup for her final party and finally saying, I'm going to do this? Because I I think we get all those little signs, it's like God's dropping it Mm -hmm. in front of your face, but you're like, Cool, I'm gonna move on and do that other thing that I don't really want to do. I think
1: circumstances, Mm -hmm. I think that, and also you have to be ready, you know what I mean? Like, I. It took 34 years, but if I was finally ready to accept all these things that I was so scared to put out, right? So when she had passed, I took a year off just to like...
0: Grieve. Gr-
1: well, grieve, but also just recharge and kind of figure things out. And then uh, as soon as my savings account was running down, I was like, okay, we got to make some money here, <laughs> kids. So... I took a job really to just make money and to live. And then when you get stuck in that, you get stuck in it because it's like, well, this is a great salary and I get to do what I want, but I wasn't happy. Honestly, like clients are the worst. And in advertising, if anybody ever works, you know what I'm talking about. Deadlines are Ridiculous, and mm-hmm. clients are just and high pressure, high pressure. Mm-hmm. It's just a lot, and it
0: can be incredibly creative and a fulfilling industry if that's what you truly want. Right. The thing is, any job can be wonderful totally. if it's what you want,
1: exactly. But if you're
0: caging yourself in the job in any way, then you're going to be miserable,
1: yeah. And yeah. that's what was happening.
0: So, how did you finally start booking makeup and hair jobs?
1: So, a friend of mine, Philip, he's an amazing hairstylist. I looked up it to him actually, he's he's created a successful brand for himself and he was actually the one that was like dude you're good he was like you need to just be confident and do this and like just start from the ground up and i didn't even really know what that meant all i knew is that like i needed to start practicing pronto cuz at prior to this i had been doing weddings on the side being in advertising i would just kind of book little gigs here and there um, but now I was like, all right, how do I get paid to practice? So being a photographer as well, and knowing this town needs like headshots every Day, I had um, posted something on my Instagram. Like it was, I was charging like one hundred and seventy five dollars. Like you want your hair and your makeup done and like photos done and done. Wow! So I put that out there, and literally within that's moments, irresistible. I know. <laughs> I,
0: I wish put, I had known about this hot deal going on. <laughs> right. So
1: I I put up and I didn't even want to do it. I was like, this is so embarrassing. Like, but I had to let go. I was just like, look. I have to start somewhere and this is where I have to just bite it, bite my tongue and bite my pride and just let it go and I'm going to do it. So I think it was three months of me doing that and really getting to practice and practice my craft and doing all that stuff. And people started noticing my makeup skills. And then I also had friends who were working with really awesome people, again, like Michael Costello. So I was on set with him. Uh, a friend of mine, Gilbert, was like, hey, do you want to do hair for Michael Stella? I was like, uh, yeah. But that's because he saw me doing all this stuff and knew that I could pull it off. Yeah, that's kind of what just snowballed everything. Like mm-hmm. it would just, that was the beginning of it. And then after that, like just networking, I got invited to do, I think it was like the Glad Awards or something.
0: That's huge. Oh,
1: it was awesome. But I was in like the green room and I was literally just touching everybody up. Yeah, but, but
0: still you make connections that way. Oh,
1: and we sure did. And so through that, I met Sarah Jones, who is the most amazing comedian, activist, political person you will ever meet in your freaking life. She's awesome. And she, um, she was doing, uh, she had just moved here from new york and she had this show called uh, sell by date it's a one woman show and she plays all these characters and then so she asked me to do her of her opening night i had no idea what i was getting myself into i was just saying at this point i was just like i'm gonna say yes to everything so allowing myself to do this and be scared and be like oh my god am i good enough whatever i just did it I was able to meet Deborah Messing, is like one of my favorite people of life because I grew up watching Will and Grace and I was like, oh my God, it's not Deborah Messing. So, because of her, I was able to just meet a lot of that experience alone. I was able to meet so many people. And then through that, like, Started working on TV shows, and then a friend of mine—how I met Jessica, even—I just like my girl, I had like, Jessica Lowndes, Jessica Lowndes, who's the most beautiful girl you'll ever meet in your life,
0: actress, singer, everything, multi-hyphenate, <laughs> just like all of it,
1: <laughs> all the good things. A girlfriend of mine was like, "Hey, do you want to have dinner at Catch?" I'm like, I normally don't like doing all that stuff, but I was like, "Sure, why not?" Um, so we have dinner. I get seated next to her, and. I was like this girl looks so familiar but I don't I can't quite place it right so we're having dinner and I'm like loving our conversation and at the end of the night she's like oh my god I love you do you mind walking out with me I'm like sure I'm like oh, yeah sure And as soon as we walk out, all these paparazzis start like taking photos of us. And and then we get back and we get into the Uber. I'm like, all right, who are you? What have you done? Why are people (laughs) taking photos of us? And can I do your makeup? So you
0: asked her right then and there. Oh,
1: yeah. I was totally. And she was like, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent.
0: So- You found a way to couple one skill set that you knew people definitely wanted Mm -hmm. with another skill set that people definitely wanted but you were scared that they didn't want. That was a really smart thing and that's great advice for you who are listening because that's a way to kind of start putting your foot in the door toward what you want. Mm -hmm. If you have a complementary skill set that goes with the creative skill set you ultimately want – Just kind of force it on people. They're not going to be mad that you gave them more for the price of less. Totally. So that's a great tip. Mm -hmm. The other one is you just asked. You put it out there. You said, this is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. Can I help you with it? Can I do this for you? Mm -hmm. I think that that's something that we're all way too bashful about. And the fact of the matter is people want your help. Mm -hmm. People want your creativity. People want your talent. Mm -hmm. So that's great advice.
1: Oh, I love that you just like bottled that up for me. (laughs) That's exactly what I meant to say. (laughs) So
0: that's my kind of specialty is I like taking like a big amount of information and 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 boiling it down to a sentence. I love it. Yeah.
1: Like, oh, yeah, that's what the thesis statement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Thanks for writing it. (laughs) So
0: obviously, you're a really big personality. You've got a lot to offer. Do you ever struggle? Because I do. And Mm -hmm. so this is like a very personal question. But I think other people are in similar situations. Do you ever struggle when you're dealing with these big personality types like celebrities or influencers? And you're also a big personality to like know how much of yourself you can put out there? Yes.
1: Even working at BB, I was like, I just had to be a certain kind of way around different type of people. And I knew, not this sounds weird, but I knew my place. Mm-hmm. And you have
0: to know your place. You do. And I hate that.
1: I know. So do I, right? It's like the worst thing to
0: say. And I you feel know like. what? When we're in those situations where people feel like they have to know their place, we're going to empower the people right. who are working with us to be themselves. Exactly. But unfortunately, that's not the way it is a lot of the time in Hollywood or even corporations. And so I encourage you to be yourself because. You never know who, it, who might be interested in that. And if someone isn't interested in that, then they don't belong in your life anyway. 100%. But you do have to play the game a little bit. It's like dating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: we can touch up on that one later. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, just knowing my place and like letting, like there's nothing wrong with letting people shine that need to shine. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so just, uh, not to say dumb yourself down, but I think that like depending on the situation, it definitely calls for, I'm really good at like, figuring out the temperature of a situation and kind of like molding myself to that specific situation. Yeah, I'm a big personality, but i would happy to not dumb it down, but let it, somebody else kind of do the thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: So do you ever ask those people you're working with to help you in some of your other creative endeavors? Like for instance, I know you're a singer. Do you ever bring that up to them?
1: I have been so shy about the singing thing. Tell me why. Again, I think it's because I feel well. One, I don't. I feel like I'm out of practice, but I I also feel like there's so many better people out there. I'm so critical about the things that I do. The thing about makeup that I've loved the most is I never really stopped practicing. You know, even when I was working full time, I was taking on jobs like weddings and different gigs on the side, so I was still practicing. And the singing thing, when you and you you're a singer yourself, mm-hmm. so it's uh, there's something vulnerable about like. Letting people see that side of you.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like you're letting a piece of your soul float oh, yeah. out of your body. Totally. Hi. Oh, exact- no, really, though. <laughs> Have fun. <laughs> it is the go. most, when you do it, when you do it in a way that is truthful, it doesn't need to be perfect. Right. But I think that we're so wrapped up in this idea of perfection mm-hmm. that we don't even allow ourselves to feel. Right. How are you, because you're clearly a perfectionist, mm. how are you working through that?
1: I'm learning to let go and not be. Uh, look, <laughs> I'm still struggling. Like I'll post a video and I'll be like two minutes later. I'm like, okay, that was bad. Now I just heard this. I, but I'm still, I'm, I really am. I'm trying very hard to just live in the moment and it, and if it's not perfect for it to be okay, uh, because again, like you were saying, there are people out there that aren't even that good or whatever.
0: Well, there are people out there that aren't you don't have to be the best right, right, to succeed. Right.
1: Yeah. You, know, you don't. You, you just have to put do, it out there. Put it
0: out there. Be be consistent. Yeah. Be persistent uh-huh. and make people feel something and you will succeed exactly. eventually.
1: Mm-hmm. So that's the thing yeah. that I'm like really trying to put into my head, especially about the singing thing. I mean, not that I want to be this like mega singer hey, like I used you know to be. Hey, you know what though? Mm.
0: If you want that, that's okay. Right. Of course. I think, yeah. Yeah. And I think here's what I want to challenge you to sure. do today. Oh my God, here we go. I want you to... Sing at least a few times a week. Okay. And maybe in the next month, put something online and tell someone you're afraid to tell about okay.
1: it. So like some guy that I'm dating? <laughs>
0: yeah. Maybe a guy or maybe it's like someone you're working on and be like, you know, I don't know if you know I sing. Here's a little thing I did. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe it's a stranger you meet at a coffee shop.
1: Yeah, I like, you know, I I mean, I, love I think that. that
0: would challenge you and, and maybe help you unleash another part of yourself.
1: Oh, look, and I'm ready to unleash all the parts of myself. Yeah. You have no idea. Life like you is said, short. you
0: waited so long. Exactly. It's like, th- if this is a piece of who you are, you got to put it out. Totally.
1: And you know what's so funny? It was, I was dating a guy who kind of like helped suppress everything that I was, thought I was good at. Like he's like, oh, you think you're a singer? And I'm like, yeah. I so
0: thought, he was controlling?
1: Oh my God. Yes. The, well, I wouldn't necessarily say he was, con- he, I, he was controlling without realizing he was controlling. Yeah. He was still just, controlling, them. Yeah, Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he would never admit it. If you he ever heard this, he'd be like, whatever. I'm like, no, you weren't pretty controlling. Um, he just didn't make me feel like I could be that person. Do you know what I mean?
0: Right. And he was scared of your light, so he tried oh, to dim it.
1: And here's the other thing that I, if you're listening to this and like you aren't with the right, if your friends aren't hyping you up, you need to dump them. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you this right now. And that changed my life completely. I had really. At the time, I thought they were really awesome friends, but misery loves company. And once you start to like rise up, and again, it was just a year ago that I decided to take this on, this whole like, I'm going to be me and I'm going to do what I want and all this stuff. And then once that happened, the friends that at the time that I had, everything was like, oh, well, you're not good enough for that. Or that guy's not good enough for you. Or that's not going to happen. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Like, you should be supporting me. I'm like, look, if you're my friend, I'm supporting you throughout your weight loss, your career journey. Like I want the best for you. And people need to be around people that are uplifting you and mm-hmm. not Don't be around people
0: who drag you down. Totally, They're, You know, life is so hard pursuing any career that is outside of the norm is so hard pursuing a career that is inside the norm in a more creative way is so hard so hard you do not need human beings in your life who make life in general harder totally the people in your life should enhance life and make it easier
1: exactly so now my my circle of friends have been so narrowed down it's insane but yeah, you're
0: I, Marie Kondo in your life.
1: Oh, girl, I seriously. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, yeah. that's exactly you what I'm You don't bring doing. me joy. See ya. <laughs> see ya, bye. Bye to but there is a part of it that I do, like I was telling Alfredo the other day. I was Alfredo's
0: like, your friend who yeah, happens to be so sitting he, in the room right now. He's
1: so awesome. He's like the best hype man ever. Uh he's also just amazing. He's also an amazing makeup artist as well. Aww, but um, shout out to Fredo. Thanks, Fredo. It wasn't until I had a friend like this guy that I knew what friends were about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, we'll be out, and he's like, oh my god. He's it's like the most amazing. I'm like, oh my God, I never had anybody do this Your before. friends should
0: be your unpaid publicist. Yes, yeah.
1: exactly. I do that to uh, for all my friends. Yeah. And it wasn't until recently I was like, okay, this is the type of people I need in my life.
0: Good. Yeah. So that's probably part of why you're doing what you're doing right now as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So as a makeup artist, mm-hmm. as a human being, you're constantly pumping people up yeah. and like, you know, juicing them up and saying, hey, you go, you're amazing. I love you. Kill it. Yeah. We all need that, like we just talked about. I end every show by saying I believe in you because I truly believe that that is sometimes the one thing standing between someone else and their dreams is just having one person who believes in now that. I'm going to cry. It's true, though. <sighs> yeah. It's true. We all need yeah. someone to believe in us and tell us that we're worthy of the success we desire.
1: Well, I believe in you.
0: Thank you, and I believe in you. No, Thank seriously. You for being on my show. We're holding hands, you guys. We are. Don't it's very intimate. <laughs> but what would be your advice for someone who wants to be that t- type of person in the world to pump people up, like, what do you advise for the cheerleader?
1: I think to be genuinely happy with yourself, you're able to be genuinely happy for other people. I think that when I was around those other friends, I was also struggling with finding happiness within myself. But once I was like, I let it all go, and I'm like, I'm, I love who I am. And then all of a sudden, I was able to love other people in that same magnitude. when you're not a happy person, you end up not being so happy for other people. Uh, and I started noticing that in myself. But then once I started like being okay with like everything that I was doing, I was able to magnify that because I'm already like a cheerleader, but like my cheerleaderness now is like number one mom in the corner. Like, (laughs) Yeah, I am like biggest cheerleader now. And I think it's because I got so I just like am happy with where I'm at.
0: So you built the foundation of self-love in yourself Mm -hmm. and then you were able because you had that stable foundation within yourself to give that to other people in a genuine pure way. What she said. I love that. Yeah. So since I do have an amazing makeup artist on my hands, what's your advice for people out there who want like a really killer five to 10 minute makeup look? What what are the must have items?
1: So here's the thing. Killer makeup look. I, I tell this to everybody. Skin is like the number one thing you have to take care of. Have a regimen, like moisturize, use some creams. You definitely want like for that. What
0: kinds of creams?
1: um, I use one by uh, Beauty Counter. It's a night cream and it's amazing to have a good, like, okay, so my favorite, like really quick go-to brand is nude sticks. I've lived by them. Like it's it's the whole brand is pretty much like based off of things you could do with your fingers. And my sister and I, I've introduced her to this brand and literally she like does her makeup in her car in five minutes. My favorite blush is um, a blush by sticks It's called Naughty and Spice. You literally just dab it on your on your cheeks and like rub it in. Their eyeshadow is meant to literally just put on your eyes. It's like a cream base, so you just put it on your eyes and you just like smudge it out with your fingers. With your fingers, love it's it. So easy. I
0: love anything I can do, like yeah. just hands. Yeah. Just hands. Totally. Even eating. I'll be honest.
1: <laughs> Same. <laughs> Pizza? Why not? <laughs> Easy. Uh, French fries? Uh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> and carrots. Right. And carrots. So and broccoli. we're balanced.
1: Right. Sorry. <laughs>
0: so that sounds good. So it's called nude sticks.
1: Nude sticks. Okay. Yeah. Okay great tip yeah great tip
0: i love it a lot of people ask about setting your price uh-huh. how did you go about setting prices and how do you look at that and like reevaluate it as your experience grows
1: are you kidding me my prices are all over the map but I will tell you this through experience and through just getting better and like understanding your worth more you are willing to take on the jobs that you want to do instead of the jobs that you need to do for financial reasons. So in the beginning, when I did this, it was like I knew that I needed to practice and I knew that I needed to make money. So I just had to make it work. But now that I have that in my belt and I have a few, what's the word? I have some credible things that I've been able to do. I've been able to like confidently say, here are my prices. And if you can't pay me this, like it's okay. Somebody else will. You know what I mean? Right. But I think it comes with the experience. It's it's mm. and, and that's so and, hard as a
0: Catholic because if someone's like, I can't pay, I'm like, well just like whatever you can. Oh, it's I know. totally fine. Girl,
1: trust me. And especially <laughs> being Filipino, honey, everyone wants a hookup. Yeah. Oh, you're Filipino? Oh, can I get it for free? No, honey. Like
0: people actually say that?
1: Oh yeah. Are you kidding Are me? Are they
0: fellow Filipino people? Yes, okay.
1: they're fellow Filipinos.
0: So my final questions. Sure. I wanna go back to our little Ian okay. who oh. is in the salon watching his mom, watching his sister. And I believe creativity is intricately connected to the inner child. Yeah. And so if you and little Ian were standing in the same room looking at each other, Mm -hmm. what do you think he would say to you and why?
1: I honestly think little Ian would be like super happy because I am finally living what I think he always wanted to be. You know what I mean? And unafraid too, because I think little Ian was so scared to just be himself and i'm finally like looking at my my little self and like this is him take it or leave it and i'm okay with it so i'd give him a big hug and be like it's going to be okay <laughs> we're going to get there eventually <laughs> now <Yeah>. watch me
0: <laughs> that was my next question is what would you say to him and why you would tell him you love him
1: oh yeah i would tell him that i would tell him that like to stay strong and like it's going to you're going to get there eventually and i think that It took 34 years, not to give my. I'm 25. Um, I'm extremely young. I'm extremely young. I'm actually 21. I graduated college yesterday. I'm an infant. I'm I'm actually still really young. So I'm going (laughs) to tell myself right now. (laughs) No, I think that I would just tell them that, like, there's going to be a a bunch of hard roads that you're going to have to face, um, and everything's going to be okay. You're going to be fine, and you're going to get to where you want to go eventually. But it's so hard to see. When you're young, there's just like an uphill battle that you're just like...
0: Well, we don't know the ending. No, right. But as soon as we learn to embrace that like you did, I think that everything becomes more beautiful and starts to fall into place. Right. And and when we're not trying to clutch whatever our fate will be, that's when our fate... Meets us.
1: Totally. I think for me, it was more about the confidence. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, I was young and had zero confidence, and like,
0: and you're trying to live for other people. Yeah. That never works. Oh, no. It always backfires in the end. Yeah. So I congratulate you for <laughs> finally stepping into who you are. And you really inspired me. And I know that you're going to inspire so many other people by sharing your story. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: I don't, thank you for having me.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Thank you for listening and to my guest, Ian Maction. I'm so excited to say that since we spoke, he's posted a couple of videos of him singing on his Instagram page. To hear his beautiful voice and see his amazing hair and makeup work, give him a follow at Ian Maction. That's at I-A-N-M-A-X-I-O-N. And if you want to know more or even hire him to do your makeup, which I highly recommend, you can visit his website, ianmaction.com. Thanks to my friend Ashley Daniels for booking in. You can follow her at Miss M.I.S.S. Ashley Daniels. Thanks to Liz Full for the show's original music. You can follow her at Liz Full. And thank you. Remember to leave a rating and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Favorite the show on Spotify. Take a screenshot of yourself listening and tag at Lauren LaGrasso and at Unleash Your Inner Creative and I'll repost it. My wish for you this week is that you, like Ian, share a piece of your creative work that you've been too bashful to put out before. And maybe I'll do the same. At the very least, just tell someone what you're doing or what you want to do. And if you end up posting, which I really hope you do, make sure to tag at Unleash Your Inner Creative and use the hashtag Unleash Your Inner Creative and I'll repost it. I believe in you. Talk soon.